This is the Simi Sarah Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. Good morning. It is a beautiful Thursday, March the 31st. I'm Simi Sarah, and welcome to the show. Let's get started. We're going to start by finding out what is happening right now. Not good news, I would imagine, coming down for Vancouver parents today. If you've got your child in a public school, Gore McDonald from the newsroom is with us. Good morning, Gord. Good morning. So today is the day they're going to learn what staff recommendations are for the budget shortfall. Is that right? That's right. Now, School Board Chair Mike Lombardi has put up on Facebook that the School Board senior management staff are getting set to deal with a budget deficit of $27 million. Ouch. He calls it a very sad day. Now, there's going to be uh, a meeting at uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon, uh, and then there's going to be a public presentation for proposals at 5.30. So that would be proposals on what to cut. Basically, that's what we're saying to deal with this $27 uh, million shortfall. Now, Lombardi, who is with Vision Vancouver and, of course, longtime critic, that party, of uh, the provincial government funding from the liberal government of Christy Clark, Lombardi says the Vancouver School Board, like other boards in the province, has faced significant funding shortfalls over the past decade. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of parents would be very apprehensive about this because it's hard to believe that with $27 million that they have to close on that budget gap that some kind of school closure wouldn't be in that mix, right? And that's been the contentious issue. Well, th- this has been a pattern we've seen for the last number of years where the school board has a huge deficit to deal with. Then when we get to the final budget a little bit later in the spring, uh, and eventually, because school boards cannot carry a deficit, so they have to actually balance things out. Now, in the past number of years, there's been a huge deficit, but by the time you get to the final budget for the following school year, it's balanced out and it's not so huge. But there is this proposal to close a bunch of schools and consolidate, uh, sell off the land and make a bunch of money uh, to um, uh, get rid of the budget deficit. Now, Vision Vancouver's never liked having to close schools. It's always been dead set against it. Uh, we so should we should mark there too, though, Gordon. In the last uh, local elections, there, uh, the NPA and the Green candidates on that same board also right. campaigned on not closing any schools. So at, I'd say at this point, it's tough for any local party who's on the school board. Yeah, and that's a that's a, a scenario we've seen all across the province where school districts have had to deal with some extremely angry parents uh, when the local school has been closed. Now, some of the other school districts have gone through a bloody time and closed schools, some on the North Shore, some elsewhere in Metro Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver, to a large extent, has avoided that kind of, and this is where you, you've got the uh, school board meeting where people are yelling at trustees, and it can get quite difficult when people lose their local school. Uh, there is that accounting, uh, that accounting report that suggested this for the Vancouver School Board, but we'll have to see later today. Uh, so by the time you and I are talking tomorrow morning, Simi, um, all of the... The impacts will be starting <laughs> to roll out. And the potential blood will be on the floor. Now, whether that ends up being the case is always another question as well, but uh, probably layoffs of teachers, probably Probably uh, uh, one would think they'd have to close some schools They're gonna and close some programs. Yeah, Remember Band the and st- Strings, you know, that yeah. strings program that the, the city has that they've been so proud of for so long. I saw Patty Backus, the former chair but still trustee, tweeting about that recently too, that that's one of her big concerns. Uh, parents, uh, that's a very popular program, and it's been they, they put fees on it and things over the years, but 
essentially, you're right. It's going to be pretty ugly. And you said that starts at 2 this afternoon. Is that right? Yeah, there's a meeting at 2. I'm sorry. Janet Brown was filing a story madly just before uh, the top of the hour. So there's going to be a meeting at 2. But the real uh, – so uh, full details released at 2 this afternoon. But a public presentation on proposals will be at 5.30. And that's where we're going to start to uh, to get – um, the reaction to this. And right. as I said, Simi, there are school districts that dealt with some of this stuff before, uh, but on the specific issue of closing schools, Vancouver's been able to avoid that, but maybe they won't be able to anymore. All right. Well, I'll keep it tuned in right here throughout the day today because we will be where you hear it first. What is going on with the Vancouver School Board? Staff report coming in at 2 o'clock today about what to do to deal with their $27 million deficit at this point. And as Gord mentioned, by law, they cannot carry that deficit, so there's going to have to be some chopping done. I'll be hearing a lot more about that story. Still ahead, we'll tell you what else is happening right now in affordable housing. Once again in the news, we'll tell you why next. Hi, it's John McComb. You're listening to The Simi Sarah Show on CKNW. And this is what's happening right now. Been a huge increase in listings and any time that uh, long-term rental units are being listed for short-term rentals instead um, in a city with, with very low vacancy rates, that's, that's definitely a problem. All right, that's Vancouver City Councilor Melissa DiGenova talking about the problem with Airbnb. We've, we've kind of heard these stories anecdotally, right? And I know that there's people who say that in their condo building, in the elevator, there's messages to people saying you better not be renting to Airbnb, and yet it still happens. All you have to do is go on the Airbnb website and see how many places there are up for uh, rent. So there's two developments, uh, Simi, uh, on the housing affordability front, both coming to Vancouver City Council next Tuesday. It's actually uh, Jeff Meggs. Uh, city Councilor is going to bring forth a motion on Airbnb. So he wants staff to study uh, Airbnb. And apparently he says that in the past, Airbnb has been quite cooperative. So how many units are being listed? How often are they rented? Stuff like that. Because they're trying to get a, a handle on uh, the suspicion that the rise in popularity of Airbnb is hurting the rental stock. So landlords are taking uh, apartments, condos out of uh, the rental side of things and putting them up for nightly rental with Airbnb. That's one part of it. It's hurting, uh, causing increased vacancy rates. Number two is um, these guys are operating a business and unless they rent out the Airbnb suite for 30 nights at a time, they are now in violation of the city bylaw. So bed and breakfasts and hotels have to be licensed. Uh, but right now Airbnb doesn't. So they want to get a handle on that end and what that's doing to the rental market. Now, Melissa G. Genova is also move, uh, wants uh, city staff to very quickly determine uh, what needs to be done to the Vancouver Charter, which is the, um, the thing by which the city of Vancouver does everything, and if necessary, get approval by the provincial governments, because any change to the Vancouver Charter requires provincial government approval, to come forward with the uh, housing... The Affordable Home Ownership Plan, sorry, the Affordable Home Ownership Plan, which is a big plan that the city's been working on. It includes things like micro-suites, Simi, you know, those oh, tiny yeah, one, no little kidding. suites that are like a big prison cell? Um, <laughs> that's not a nice way to put it, but you know how about yeah, the size. small, um, very small. Row housing, for instance. Some of the more innovative things to try and allow young people to get into the market. So this plan is, is coming out in the next few months. So Genova wants to make sure, okay, so if we want to implement this plan and bring in some of these new innovative forms of housing, let's just make sure that we can do it under the Vancouver Charter, if necessary, get the provincial government to give its approval. So a couple of different angles on the housing affordability issue, yeah. which is a multi-angled issue, but, and they're coming before council next Tuesday. I mean, this Airbnb thing is in... 
uh, too many Airbnb suites, taking rental stock off the market. Uh, That's a lot of cities have had this problem, right? I mean, you talk about that everywhere because if you're a landlord, if you own that suite, you're thinking, do I want to rent it all the time? Or if I rent it for 10 nights out of the month, I could still make the same amount of money. The, and of course, there's complaints. Uh, people in buildings that suddenly have oh, a, big time, a, a yeah. Complaints. Now that's one part of it. But remember that everybody uh, from China was coming in and driving up the housing prices. And yes. uh, I don't a think lot that, of, that's past tense. A lot of people would feel that's well, present tense. They feel that, but the studies that have been done so far, the actual hard studies, may not bear that out. That much of what's driving the housing prices are locals selling their homes. So, again, I think what the city wants to do is, okay, so anecdotally, the feeling, the suspicion is that uh, air, you know, landlords are flocking to Airbnb and taking uh, a lot of units out of the rental stock, but let's get some hard numbers to see if that's the fact. And then, of course, if that's the fact, what do you do? Okay, so that's another one we'll be keeping an eye on. And listen, I know people out there have stories about the use of Airbnb in their buildings and well, you can email me, Simi, at cknw.com. What are you laughing at? Well, there's a story in journalism, don't let the facts get in the way of a good rant. <laughs> and sometimes in housing, sometimes on other issues, we all get worked up. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes what we get emotional about, uh, anecdotal, about doesn't isn't borne out by the facts. So um, when it comes to the, and the whole, you know, the, all the different angles of housing affordability, you know, Airbnb is the latest one where, Okay, let's get, you know, hopefully let's the city find gets some hard numbers and see, yes, in reality. Yes, so hopefully that will add to the conversation. We can come from a place of knowledge as opposed to just <laughs> Sorry, what was that? speculating. Radical yeah. concept? Radical concept, as Gord says. Uh, let's talk about what else is making news out there. And this, of course, no laughing matter at all for the hundred or so people, the majority of women who turned out last night in Burnaby when the RCMP held a safety meeting. The three that occurred in West Burnaby were all done in the late uh, evening or early morning along public transit routes. And the two that occurred close to here, uh, close to Burnaby Mountain, occurred during the daytime. All right, that's Burnaby RCMP Staff Sergeant uh, John Buse. This is a very scary situation for so many women there. Five sex assaults in Burnaby since late January. So last night, Burnaby RCMP held a public meeting uh, to try and, and, and help people, especially women, with safety concerns, tips, that kind of thing, how to keep themselves safe. Uh, about 100 people turned out, mostly women. Shelby Tom from the newsroom was there. But it was really interesting, some of the comments she talked to. She talked to uh, a 22-year-old SFU student, 22-year-old Heather Dunbar, who says, my freedom is being restricted by fear from this sexual predator. And then she talked to three women who used to run, they're runners, they used to run Burnaby Lake all the time. They'd run it by themselves, like individually. Now they don't. And they said, we're not as as fearful as we're pissed off, we're angry, that they have to change their behavior. So, yeah. Simi, this gets us back to the old question. It's And I, I'm a guy, so maybe I don't view it properly. But so one guy, potentially one guy, who's breaking the law, a sexual predator is forcing a lot of women to have to change their behavior yeah. when the women are saying, it's not our fault. Why the hell do we have to change? And that puts more pressure on the Burnaby Mounties to find this SOB. So, Well, yeah, because the thing is, up until freedom. now, their advice has been, you know, don't go alone. Yeah. Make sure you go in pairs. And so you're asking all these people to modify their behavior. And I think their question was, well, what are you guys doing yeah. uh, to catch this person? No, you know, it, it's, it's easy in theory. If I had a daughter, uh, I mean, I do have a daughter, but if I had a daughter who used to love running Burnaby Lake uh, by herself, I'd say don't. 
Um, but then again, I'm feeding into, you know, like, like the women ha- last night, some of the women have every right to be pissed off because they are being forced to change because of something that a man is doing. Well, you know, there's um, a lot of young women up at UBC who are saying the same thing yeah, right now, same too, issue. with what's going on. I was talking to my daughter about that yesterday because she's up there and she said there's heavy police presence on campus. There's a lot of information that the police are passing through. They have been actually going residence to residence, like dorm right. to dorm, telling girls in particular you know lock your doors do this and they're saying well wait a minute like they're trying to just go to school and live their lives and again they're having this now interfere with that but until the person is caught what do you do yeah what are you supposed to you just want to make sure they stay safe right deal with that when i guess the time comes when this person is actually caught okay so you know women are bearing the brunt of what a jerk male does that kind of takes us into the next thing that is sure a big topic in the u.s oh yeah we'll talk about that next Hi, this is Drex from Drex Live, and you're listening to CKNW Simi Sarah Show. Here's what's happening right now. Should abortion be punished? Well, people in certain parts of the Republican Party and conservative Republicans would say, yes, they should be punished. How about you? Uh, I would say that it's a very serious problem, and it's a problem that we have to decide on. Uh, it's, it's very hard. But you're I mean, forbidding you it. Say, well, wait, are you going to say put them in jail? Are you, is that well, the no, what I'm asking you, about? because you say you want to ban it. What's I, that I mean? Would, I am against, I am pro-life here. Okay, now today they're trying to say that their candidate misspoke. But you know what? You don't misspeak on a topic like abortion because that's kind of like you should know by now this far into the campaign exactly how you want to enunciate uh, what it is that you're trying to get across. That was Donald Trump with Chris Matthews yesterday. Gord, I heard some pundits say that this backtrack, this reversal set a land speed record for how quickly it happened. Okay, so Donald Trump's against abortion and he uh, wants people uh, punished. In states where abortion is illegal, he wants people punished. So Chris Matthews says, does that include the woman? And he says, yes. So he advocated during the interview punishing the woman, putting her in jail. He actually used those words, putting her in jail. He didn't say how much, you know, 10 days, 10 10 weeks or whatever. So that was mid-afternoon Eastern time when that aired. And then the poop storm hit big time. Uh, so and sit, tell everybody what you were telling me during the break. This is that that well, quote that uh, you heard. That Carla Hall right is uh, wrote an opinion piece for the L.A. Times, and um, so within three hours, Trump had backtracked. Right? Yeah. Um, and says, no, no, it's the doctor who performs the abortion who should be prosecuted, not the woman who's a victim. But how amazing! This is what Carla writes. How amazing! Donald Trump, the most divisive figure in politics in years, managed to unite both sides of one of the most divisive social issues of our time: abortion. Well, for about an hour or so. Yeah, pro-life and pro-choice people are absolutely adamantly in agreement on that one thing, that that the the woman woman should should never be punished in that case, ever, ever, ever. The pro-life people were appalled that Donald Trump said this, too. So he was getting it from all sides yesterday. Um, NBC Wall Street Journal poll earlier in the month had Trump's approval ratings with women, uh, 21% in favor, 70% against now, this would have been before the blow up with Ted Cruz over the wives oh. and now with yesterday's abortion comment. Um, it, so one would think that those numbers are going to go further uh, negative for Trump when it comes to women. And it begs the question for Republicans is that if women across the board appear to be so dead set against Donald Trump, how will you ever get yourself elected president. Maybe he'll win the Republican nomination because he still has a big lead over Cruz. But in a general election, if the women are so much against Trump, 
Um, how, how do you win? How, how do you, you win? How do you win? Uh, Wisconsin is the next big state uh, that's going to be voting, and so they're spending a lot of time in there. And what's fascinating about Wisconsin is they, there's this I, this thing that they called Wisconsin nice, right? Like people in Wisconsin are really Jesus. nice, and they yeah they believe in being very polite. And they said that this is this is really has Donald Trump running up against something that he has never really experienced so far in this race is this, they're they're big on civility. It's a very big Wisconsin value and virtue that they have there. He's losing in all the latest polls by about 10 points uh, at this stage of the game. So anyway, another interesting day in U.S. presidential politics. Uh, Let's talk about what's happening right now right here. Have you seen this lineup outside, Gord? I haven't seen it in the last while. Now, you came to work. Drove right by it, and I thought... Is this another pair of Yeezys? Is there a new phone coming out that I didn't know about? Like, what is this? It turns out it's a car. Tesla's coming out with its $35,000 car in a year and a half. And today... It in is, a year and a half. Today, it's starting to take $1,000 deposits. So uh, around the world, uh, there are um, lineups at Tesla dealerships. This has been much anticipated because, of course, Tesla... A lot of folks like Tesla, but it's a very expensive car. What the other model is sixty-five, seventy grand. So this one's going to be half that price. $35,000 is not... A outrageous for uh, a vehicle uh, in today's world and it's all electric uh, and so this is supposed to be the affordable Tesla the right affordable, yeah. the first time and the kicker is that nobody's actually seen what the car looks like it's not going to be going to be unveiled until tonight but as Gord mentioned starting about half an hour ago you could put a thousand dollars US deposit down for a car that probably will show up in two years time they say end of 2017 but Tesla has trouble making deadlines a lot of the time so two years from now is more like it and no shortage of takers. I mean, there was a couple of hundred people in that lineup down there today. And that wasn't an iPhone 8 or a new pair of goofy running shoes from some idiotic star? No, it wasn't. Sorry, Turns did I make a value a judgment car. there? You totally did. It was a car. A so, green car. Very green car. Very enthuse- enthusiastic people actually lined up for that. We'll have to see how many. I wondered how many of them were actually in line for themselves were or were holding we- a spot for someone Were they wearing else? socks in their sandals? I don't even know what that means, Gord, but thank you. I don't know what that implies, but thank you for that, Gord McDonald. Uh, we have a lot more to talk about on the show today. Up next, though, let's talk about surgical wait times. How, how long have we talked about this? What, 10, 20 years now? It's not getting any better. We will point out where and why coming up next right after the news. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk.